you want to set them up for financial success, set them up in understanding that sometimes it's better not to have the things that they think mm-hmm. that they want in order to have more choices. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I think it's going back to what Missy was saying, like, even as when they're young, like, and they're, you know, in that seven, eight range where it's like, Ooh, I really want that toy mm-hmm. or those kinds of things. And it's like, encourage them to save for it. Mm-hmm. Or it's like, okay, well, if you want it so bad, then like, let's save for it. Welcome to the Wiser Retirement Podcast, where we believe the best financial advice should always be conflict-free. I'm your host, Casey Smith. Today, I'm joined with Missy Beach, the world's best financial planner, also called Senior Financial Advisor, and Michaela Dowdy, the future of Wiser Wealth Management, uh, also a financial planning associate here at our firm. And today, we're going to talk about how to set your children up for financial success. I'm really interested to listen to this podcast because I would like to know this myself. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Casey and I are still trying. Right. Oh, my goodness. Um, one of my first articles uh, ever published in the AJC was, was about teaching your kids about money. And I will say that I tried really hard to maintain everything that I suggested in the article. I think it's just tough this day and age to te- teach kids almost anything. It's because we run so fast in so many different directions. And when I was a kid, it was so, I feel like it was so easy, uh, at least for me, because, you know, you went out and got a job and you worked or you just did something. I mean, I mowed yards and got money. I did things, got money. Um, but today there's travel baseball, there's travel soccer, there's, you know, and you, you pretty much run a hundred miles an hour from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed. And maybe that's why there's such a shortage of young workers at pizza places and Chick-fil-A's and everything else, because we're all just busy running around doing Johnny's going to be in the MLB. <laughs> yeah. They're <laughs> overscheduled. It's not like they have idle time for part-time jobs anymore. Yeah. Between high-achieving scholars and athletes, where's time for part-time work? So, you know, we can't fix that problem. We can fix a lot of things here at Wiser Wealth, but not not that. So, let's uh, let's just kind of die into the theory here and what we need to be focused on. I mean, I, I shared with you guys over over lunch yesterday that you know I have one about to go to college who his job has been to be good at golf. And he got good enough to get a full D1 scholarship to Mississippi State. So good for him. Mm-hmm. Did, his, did his job. Check right? that box. <laughs> <laughs> but he's in a situation now where he wants more money. And, you know, I was, uh, I was surprised. I was surprised when uh, I was at the dinner table. I'm like, okay, where is he? And uh, I text him and he's like, I'm working. And I'm like, you're working. What do you mean you're working? And he, he's like, I got a job at DoorDash. <laughs> so my son's out delivering meals at when it gets dark after golf for money. And I, and of course my financial mind, my parental mind went off first. I was like, okay, that's, that could be a dangerous job and unnecessarily dangerous job. <laughs> and, then, and then my mind went to money, of course. And I'm like, wait a minute, I paid for that car. <laughs> right. You're, you're, you're exchanging car for, it's like the Uber drivers. I mean, it's great service, but they're just exchanging. They're extracting cash out of their car. There's no exactly. way you actually make money doing that. They don't think that way. <laughs> nope. <laughs> and so I, I was, this is like a whole text exchange and I was like, well, first of all, you know, 
you need should be talking to one, one of us before you just take jobs Two, <laughs> you should <laughs> you should uh, do some math mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you know how much the tires cost you know what's what's the cost per mile to drive your vehicle that would that would be the first place I would go. No, no, I probably know eighteen year olds going to go and figure that out. Did but you th- talk about IRS mileage reimbursement <laughs> <Right>. rate? <laughs> you could do, yeah, that's true. You uh-huh. could you could start there, and not even have to go calculate your car. I think a Ford F one fifty is probably a little more oh, expensive oh, than yeah. most uh, most vehicles, though. Guzzling probably probably exceed the uh, dollar <laughs> the, a mile. The IRS, <laughs> the IRS uh, ruling on that. They're probably doing it with a Prius. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, we we uh, will have that conversation shortly after report back. But <laughs> this week, this will be the conversation of like this is not a good idea. Um, we're going to do something else, but probably need to set up an official some type of an allowance. And you know, I go on uh, message boards like on Reddit and places like that, and looking to see what other parents are are giving their uh, college kids. And I was shocked; it was very little. <laughs> I was like, whoa, that that's. $250 a month doesn't, doesn't go very far. I guess if you're on the meal plan, maybe it goes a little further. Oh yeah. If you're on the meal plan, $250 is fine. Yeah. Yeah. I guess most of them are probably meal plan. Yeah. Because most of the time for most colleges, you're required to have it for at least the first, the first year. year. Too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you live on campus, you have to have a meal plan. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, let's, let's start, uh, let's start at the very beginning. Let's assume we have little children. Oh, all right. Well, I remember when mine were little at the grocery store, you know, you go through the checkout line Mm -hmm. and they always want something (laughs) (laughs) and you just tell them no. (laughs) Yeah. Otherwise, every time you go through a checkout, checkout line, you're going to be buying something. I do remember that, that Uh, phase. Yes. Yeah. And they do it on purpose. They put all the candy (laughs) and stuff like that right there at kid level, you know? So when they were really young, I think we gave them 10 bucks or something. Not very often, but that was like their money. And so that kind of eliminated that. Oh, you did. So you, mm-hmm. but like when they're one and Not two when they're one, and no, three. No, no, yeah. No, yeah. that's just, they just hate parents at that store. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I. So, all right. So let's say start financial education early. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. When oh, they are toddlers, delayed, delayed like gratification. delayed gratification. Mm-hmm. Don't yeah. just like, oh sure, little junior, have just a just give them whatever they want. Hershey bar <laughs> every time. Yeah, that's true. Well, I I think our house things just piled up, and you look around, and you're like, these kids have way too much stuff, and mm-hmm. it just became you only get things when it's your birthday or Christmas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or yes, if, or mm-hmm. if grandparents want to spoil you, but outside <laughs> of that, yeah, we're not buying. No, not, or. Yeah. Your birthday's coming up or Christmas is coming up. Let's decide what we're going to get rid of and give to mm-hmm. kids who don't have things. And right. So yes. let's pare down. Right. Not the broken stuff. The nicer yeah. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> the my things parents, that still work. My kids work. always mm-hmm. gravitate to the broken stuff. Yeah. Like, Nobody <laughs> wants your broken toy. <laughs> we're going to throw those away. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> Quarterly clean out. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Delayed, so that'd be an example of delayed gratification. Saying, no, mm-hmm. we're not going to buy this mm-hmm. now. And add it to your list. It, yes, yes, the list. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, my boys See, would hate the list. <laughs> See, I was always put in charge of the list. And my parents, like for the grocery shopping, it was always like I got to write down the list and like help build the list. And then for like 
when I was growing up, it was very, cause I grew up in like the middle of 08, 09 credit mm. crisis, everything. So finance was top of mind for everyone then and was all over the news and you couldn't escape it if you wanted to. And so it was very evident when we would just go to the grocery that it was like, we're only going to spend like a hundred dollars or $150, whatever, um, amount it needed to be and it was always just like a game for like me and my mom Mm -hmm. to be like okay we're gonna get some coupons we're gonna Mm -hmm. clip those and then we get up to the register and I'd be like are we gonna do it are we gonna do it and it was like just a game like watching the coupons come off yes and then it was also just like watching it go up the whole time you're like we're getting close we're getting close (laughs) (laughs) so people thought we were crazy um but that's okay um so it just became like very much a like ingrained part of like you budget your life and like budget it in a way of like the things that you can definitely like control like grocery shopping you can majority control granted I mean right now inflation's insane but for the most part you can control like how much you're spending at the grocery store and so that was just a really small way that I got to see like from an age of like seven and eight Mm -hmm. like okay this is how money should be going out of the house is like you're actually thinking intentionally about what you're putting in the cart you're not just grabbing the best name brand option because it's the best name brand option and so um granted you know you have to be careful with that because I did have the story with um I freaked out that we went over budget so then the people behind us thought that it was like oh no, like they're in dire need. That's all they have. And my mom had to turn around and be like, no, no, no. (laughs) She just knows the budget. I'm so sorry. (laughs) They were like going to hand you a 20. Trying to pay for your groceries or something? Yes, they tried to pay the difference for my mom's groceries. And my mom was like, that is so kind, but we don't need that. (laughs) In context, your mom's a successful financial advisor. Yes. (laughs) But I love it that your mom... It's so nice that your mom turned it into a game, you know? Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like budgeting is a bad thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like this death sentence, most people think of budget as like, oh, you know, a really negative Mm -hmm. connotation. But like for you all, it was this game and like, oh, we got to stick to this number. How can we do it? And then, oh, with the help of coupons, Mm -hmm. like I could bring the total down so well I think it's having a childlike perspective to finances Mm -hmm. because it's like when you're a kid you don't know anything about finances Mm -hmm. like money is just this thing that you see getting spent for goods and all of that and so they don't understand like fully when you're young that like oh there can be stress with money not yet and so it's Mm -hmm. one of those things that really you get to kind of shape like you could shape it into a game you Mm -hmm. know and it can very easily turn into that because they don't know budget and budgeting can be literally a game to yeah. them. like oh we have the budget game kids <laughs> love games <laughs> I'm, I, I'm sorry I'm still stuck on that story <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy um so you know I, th- I think the next part is just yeah you just touched on it, is leading by example so it's just doing things that that you know they, they're watching, they're learning by mm-hmm. watching. That's not just true with money. It's true with everything. Mm-hmm. Relationships, they watch, they watch parents and learn mm-hmm. how to interact with relationships, you know? Um, so yeah, so we, you know, I, I feel like the world's more open now. People tend to say more things about, about money to their children 
than maybe prior generations for sure, mm-hmm. especially two generations ago. But you not all families. It. But it's true. But not, not no, not all families. Some families is still taboo for some reason. Interesting. Because we have some yeah. clients that come in and they're like, "Yeah, my kids don't know anything. They don't need to know." And I'm like, "But they do need to have a general sense of where you yeah, stand those, those and are how adult it children, works." Though, and about your finances, I'm thinking uh-huh. about little little kids now. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah, I I think the big thing is how do we get um, how do we get our children to understand the negative impacts of debt. Because we have over a trillion dollars in debt right now and on credit cards. <laughs> That's yes. just the credit cards. <laughs> wow. It's individual consumer debt. It's highest it's ever mm-hmm. been. So how, how do we keep how do we teach our kids to be just be responsible with money in a world where on social media everyone has is buying this or has mm-hmm. this or has that and and everything just looks like it's just easy. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's one thing that I you know, I, I don't know if I have regrets yet <laughs> like my, my children as far as money goes, but they live a totally different lifestyle than I did. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I don't know that they, they don't understand it. They have no capacity to understand it. Yeah. You know? Exactly. I remember when my kids were little and I forget which one of them, we were at the store and they wanted something and I'm like, no, you just don't need it right now. You know, I don't, I just don't need to buy that right now for you. And they're like, well, just use your credit card. And I'm like, (laughs) oh, you know, that's, you know, not free money. I said, Mm -hmm. and then we had the credit card talk and to explain like, sure, I could swipe my credit card, but that's just like handing over a wad of dollar bills. Mm -hmm. Right. And so they they didn't realize in their little heads at that Mm -hmm. time, like a credit card is real money. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a tangible aspect to the credit card versus just swiping it and taking the item. You know, Mm -hmm. kids are like, oh, sure, just swipe your card. No big deal. (laughs) And so we had to sit there and talk about like, no, it's just like I've, handed out, you know, all the cash in my wallet for whatever that toy was at that time. And they're like, all right, fine. (laughs) You know, another money lesson by mom. (laughs) They'll appreciate that eventually. So Dave Ramsey had a pretty neat concept um, where you have the jar system. Of course, you know, Dave loves his jars and his envelopes, but you have uh, save, give, spend. Mm -hmm. Right. So we did that for a little while. (laughs) It's just, First of all, no one has cash anymore. So that, that, that I found yeah. that to be very uh, frustrating. Um, there's a more modern day version of that with the green light card. Nothing to do with Dave Ramsey, but mm-hmm. the green light mm-hmm. card. Um, we I did a couple of reviews of that a long time ago for our YouTube channel. But that's what we that's what we're using currently mm-hmm. uh, with the younger two. So they, they can if they do a chore or if there's something that we say, hey, do this. And you, they can, once they check it off, you get, you get an alert that they've mm-hmm. done the whatever it is. And then you can transfer money into their green light card. It's annoying because you can't deposit money directly into it. That's kind of flow through the parent account. Uh, so at Christmas time or birthdays, you had to collect all the cash. You had to deposit in your bank and then you had to go transfer it into the green light card. But they can um, uh, they have a. Uh, spot where they can give. They have a spot where they can save. You can set saving limitations or uh, spending mm. limitations. Mm. So if they're going to go buy Fortnite skins, uh. <laughs> you know, you can make sure you turn off gaming purchases, uh. things like that. Uh, and then they have um, uh, an investing, investing component to it. Oh, wow. uh, so it's like a little mini brokerage and that you really, they can almost buy anything 
there. I, mm-hmm. For our kids, I'm like, you just need to buy VOO, the S&P 500. <laughs> yeah. And of course, when do we buy it? At the, like, the height of the market before <laughs> the crash. That's what happened. Good <laughs> lesson. And, and of course, they were like, we didn't make any money on that investment. I was like, it's a long-term, it's a long-term focus. Long-term <laughs> play, kids. Long-term play. <laughs> but um, now, now we're with our older one. Uh, at the credit union, they allow you to get your own checking account when you're 18. Yes. Some mm-hmm. some credit unions, I think, are 16 or banks, but we had to wait till 18. So now he has uh, our flight path program for investing, mm-hmm. and then he has the uh, green, uh, a normal debit card. So it feels like a big boy now. Yeah, um, off the kid account. Off the kid account, exactly. Uh, okay. So so that's I think those are ways that you can budget and lead, uh, kind of lead by example, and kind of mimic mm-hmm. mimic that, and then. Whatever device they have, whether it be an iPad or an iPhone, on the green light card, you you um, they have a login, and then they can see everything, so they they can see what money's in there. I did I did find uh, in a few t- few cases that like the green light card just wouldn't work online because it's it's mm-hmm. a debit card, and yeah. I'm sure it comes across kind of funny to the to the. Um, uh, to the merchant, probably, yeah, it's probably so, like some sort of prepaid almost in a way. Uh, yeah, ironically, we had the most we had the most trouble with Amazon with it. That's so oh, interesting. Yeah, but um, anyway, that that's a that that's an idea if you want yeah, to start a system is using the green light card. And I think like how Missy was saying, like the differentiation between needs and wants is something like kids can so quickly understand too. Mm-hmm. Of like, oh, this is a need and this is a want, and like as far as like credit cards went, like. It was something when I was growing up, it was like credit cards were not something that was used as frequently unless you, because the point system was not as lavish as it is now. Uh-huh. The rewards. <laughs> yes. Right. And so the, like it was really only used when they were, you know, like paying for bigger purchases to get points. And my parents were mm-hmm. like, we're using credit cards to get points. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we get rewards back. Yeah. Um, and then it was like debit cards were used for everything else and understanding that you know, you don't really want to put anything on credit. And like when we would buy phones, my parents were pretty like confident or as long as you could get the deal. Cause you know, now they want to say that you can't pay it all up front or you don't get the deal, mm-hmm. all that. But it was always paying it down and making sure you could get the deal as best as you could and just kind of doing the negotiating hacks and everything. And so definitely like credit was not seen as the best as far as, you know, like use it in emergencies. And that's what I had a credit card for was like Mm -hmm. only emergencies only like your debit cards used for everything else. I remember one time when I literally went to the gas pump at 16 was not checking my account as frequently as I should have been. And it literally like ran my account to zero. And I got a call from my dad being like, what are you doing? (laughs) Have you checked your bank account lately? (laughs) And I'm like, no, what's wrong? And he's like, Oh well, you ran your bank account to literally zero. It's like, oh, whoops. Thanks. Okay, but thankfully it stopped. Like yeah. it stopped the pump. It didn't keep going, so oh. I didn't overdraft. I don't know oh. how that worked, but um, <laughs> you must have had exactly a hundred dollars left. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, but that was back when I could fill up my car for like twenty bucks. It was nice back when it was a dollar like twenty for gas. Right. Wow, back in the day. Are you curious why annuities keep coming up as a potential investment option? People are often told that annuities can effectively mitigate investment risks and help secure their financial future. However, annuities often benefit the salesperson and might not be the best choice for you as a consumer. 
To learn more about the various types of annuities, the negatives of owning them, and better investment alternatives, we have a free ebook on our website just for you. To download our ebook, Buyer Beware, Why Do They Keep Trying to Sell You That Annuity? Simply click the link in the episode notes or visit wiserinvestor.com guides. Now let's get back to the episode. So that part is, you know, so here you got to have some type of a budget system that they understand and, and, and delayed gratification. So we've talked about that. Another thing is, you know, teaching them about investing. Obviously we know a thing or two about investing. Um, you know, one of, <laughs> one of the things that I get frustrated with is uh, individual stock investing. Oh. So it's like understanding how stock works, I think is important, but Usually in high school, uh, they have the stock game. They do that mm-hmm. in finance school, you know, major. They yes. have the stock picking game. Usually one or two professors will do it. Mm-hmm. Or the stock club. Or the stock, stock club. club, yes. The stock club. Investing club. Yeah, I, just, I just don't think that that's successful. That, that's, not, that's not really teaching them uh, about, about investing. Oh, I agree. It's a pet mm-hmm. peeve of mine. It, it's, it's almost negative learning, mm-hmm. really. And so, and so really what you want them to do, like, Okay, so uh, secret secret hack here. <laughs> buy the S buy, buy the S and P five hundred, right, mm-hmm. and then lose the uh, password to your brokerage account mm-hmm. for like twenty years, and you'll be just fine. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean that that's the secret to to building investing, mm-hmm. and when you get significant wealth, then and then when it builds up to be a, a a big number, that's when you call us and we work on diversification. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. uh, up until that point for these young people, you just, just buy the S and P 500 and, and just let it run. Yeah. That's so it. go on YouTube, <laughs> go on YouTube, watch a video about what an ETF is. So they right. understand what, you know, buying the S and P 500 means. means. Yeah. And so they understand what that diversification is doing for them and right. why they're not buying single stocks. There's a ton of videos out there. I right. looked last mm-hmm. night. <laughs> and so you just have to have them understand why they're doing that and why buying NVIDIA is not a good idea. <laughs> and that's so hard right now. Because Unless you bought it at $130. Yeah. So and you didn't. <laughs> you didn't. You missed the boat. So right. you can't buy it today and have yeah. that appreciation because that ship sailed. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, at the same time, I, I do get it. I mean, I had a college roommate that bought a lot of Cisco stock back in yeah. the 90s. Mm-hmm. And that that was like the NVIDIA of his time. And I think he got a down payment on his house and uh, bought his engagement ring with it. And he still had money left over. But then there was probably but some other guy yes, on the hall that didn't bought somebody, something else. There's somebody else down the that hall. You're right. That, that That probably lost mm-hmm. a lot of money. But and, and, and soured and never invested again, right? Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> but, how that goes. And he didn't tell anybody about it. No. That's the thing. You only hear from the people that have the great success mm-hmm. stories. Very true. Very You're true. not hearing from the guy who lost his shirt. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's what people forget. They just anchor on all these success stories. Like so-and-so bought XYZ stock and they made a bundle. Right. So I need to jump on. And well. Yeah. S&P 500, lose your password. <laughs> Love it. That's that's all you got to do. Um, setting financial goals. Mm-hmm. 
So having a having a savings goal, you know, I will say with with my kids, I I, I haven't really set financial goals with them. I, I I think we we do more of of their their sport or you know what they're what they're after. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. grades have got to be maintained, but. Mm-hmm. You know, for Ethan, it was chasing a certain ranking for a while. Uh, for Caitlin, it's it's um, uh, moving up in the ranks to jump at a certain level. She's an equestrian rider, mm-hmm. uh, and and then there's a there's a plan which gets reversed. You know, and we have whole goal setting podcasts. If you're interested in how to set goals, um, our kids have used this format and they've they've achieved it every year or have have put forth the effort for sure. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that um, it's it's important to set a goal because sometimes you fail and it allows you to reset and then go, mm-hmm. okay, how can I look at this differently? Mm-hmm. You know, just because I was trying to explain this to someone recently is like, just because you work hard doesn't mean you're guaranteed success. There's a mm-hmm. lot of hardworking people who aren't successful. And so you, yeah. you it, it, it's, it's, you, ha- you have to understand, um, with that, how much traction you're getting mm-hmm. with that hard work and what can you do differently? And so you, you can take that a lot of different angles, but from a, from a money standpoint, you know, maybe, maybe you keep struggling with credit card debt. There's, there's young people out there that carry mm-hmm. a lot of credit card debt. And so maybe, you, you know, at some point the sky miles or whatever miles you're trying to mm-hmm. get just aren't worth it because in the end it'd been cheaper just to buy the ticket. Oh, absolutely. After what you paid in interest. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> Right. So you just don't want them. You don't want, you don't want your kids to end up in a life of slavery and, and slavery slavery. And I think in modern day today is you're being, you're being suppressed by the financial institutions Mm -hmm. that you took money from that now have to make payments to, and you can't change your life because of it. You can't leave a bad relationship because you're stuck paying all Mm -hmm. these bills. Mm -hmm. You can't, um, change jobs because you bought that car and it was too expensive, mm-hmm. right? Cause you yeah, can't afford definitely. to be out of work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. So you want to set them up for financial success, set them up in understanding that sometimes it's better not to have the things that they think mm-hmm. that they want in order to have more choices. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I think it's going back to what Missy was saying. Like even as when they're young, like, and they're, you know, in that seven, eight range where it's like, Ooh, I really want that toy mm-hmm. or those kinds of things. And it's like, encourage them to save for it. Mm-hmm. Or it's like, okay, well, if you want it so bad, then like, let's save for it. And then yeah. it's, you know, when they're doing the chores and they're doing all the things and it's going in like their jar yeah. of, okay, here's all my money that I can go and buy my very own iPod touch, you know? Yeah. And <laughs> That was, that was my goal when I was little. Um, and so it's like getting them in that saving mindset. And then once they've done that, they get the reward of like, oh my gosh, like I will forever mm-hmm. hold pride over the fact that I bought my first wow. iPod touch myself, right. you know? Yeah. And that's something so dumb. Like it's no, like it's I was cool. nine and I think that that I'm like, yeah, I did. Because then you can have, that. yeah, you can have fun <laughs> counting that money along mm-hmm. the way. Like when they're little kids, when they're like eight, you know, mm-hmm. you get out that jar like every week or so with them and you mm-hmm. count the mm-hmm. money and it helps with their like Dave coin Ramsey, skills Ramsey Ramsey and all that. A clear jar so they can see it, yes. yeah. as, it, as, it mm-hmm. as it grows. The, so gratifying. The, the pottery piggy banks don't work no. very well because you can't, can't see, see it. it. 
can't mm-hmm. see what's in it, but yeah. a clear jar uh, is, is how you say. That's what I had. I had a little clear jar Me and it had too. my name on it. <laughs> it's hearts. No so hearts. Uh, going back, we kind of started on the allowance side, going back to the, to the allowance side. Um, you know, Dave, Dave talks about don't give them allowance, give them a commission to so make them do chores in order to mm-hmm. earn money. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's difficult to execute. If you're a working family two husband and wife, uh, working that that's a tough, that's a, that's a tough one because someone's got to manage, someone's got to be the bank. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. monopoly. Someone's got to be the bank. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and so if you're the bank and the player, <laughs> that's a lot of, that's a lot of extra work. Mm. So you got, you want to stay on, on top of that. I, I think most families, um, give an allowance and, and the, and the counter, the, the counter to that is commissions a little bit like, Hey, I got to do things or I have to find things to do to earn money. That's, that's a little entrepreneurial component mm-hmm. to it where, the allowance is probably looked at more from an employee standpoint of like, well, I work here. I'm a mm-hmm. part of the family. I have these chores I have to do because I'm part of the family, but mm-hmm. I'm part of the entity and then mm-hmm. I'm getting a paycheck. So it, that's more of a, like an employee kind of mindset where you're not having to get creative. So, you know, I end up like my son delivering DoorDash um, to uh, random people throughout the County. <laughs> <laughs> um so those are two different ways. You can do it either way. Um, but I think the important thing is that we're not just giving money. I, I had an idea recently is like, okay, what if there's an allowance you're responsible for being good at this craft because that's what got you to school. Mm-hmm. But um, you have to give me five hours of volunteer time every single month. Like you have to find mm-hmm. five hours to volunteer your time to help others. Yeah, that's good. But how but are they going to find they, that? A college freshman's not going to be able to find yeah, that time. Well, even even a high schooler, mm-hmm. um, that a lot, of, a lot of the opportunities are during school hours. True. Um, I've I've noticed I've noticed that like the at our school the the higher you know the kids who take the AP classes mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. really high classes they all have required volunteer hours, but people mm-hmm. in the core group don't aren't required to have volunteer hours, which I thought was uh, That's a, little, a little, little different, but yeah. Um, I, I know that that's important on college resumes mm-hmm. now is those volunteer that's hours. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think just being a part of clubs though, too. Cause I think high schoolers, I don't know, like looking back on time in high school, it's like somehow your energy is infinite at that age. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, I mean, like I was leaving the house at six o'clock and I wasn't coming back until nine, 10 o'clock, you know, yeah. I was like curfew. I'm here, <laughs> <laughs> you know? And so like, I think it's something that y- you find the time. Um, mm-hmm. and I know like I was a part of a lot of different clubs that all required, I'd have over like 40 hours of service every year on wow. top of doing golf. Cause I was yeah. pursuing college and collegiate mm-hmm. golf at that time. And then, um, schoolwork and all of that. So it's finding that balance, but I think it's one, it's setting them up for like time management that's beyond like just themselves. And mm-hmm. like, cause volunteer hours are something that they're not doing for themselves. They're yeah. doing for someone else. Right. Whereas like sports, you're focused on your individual skill. And that's so individually focused that it's like, I have to be me and the best I can be, which is so good. But you also have to have the balance of like, there's another world out here. And it's like when you're in like the privileged stance that a lot of um, the clients that we have are and their kids. And it's a tough conversation for money because money isn't necessarily a problem and it's not Mm -hmm. a nail biter issue that it's one of those where it's like 
you almost have to give them a little exposure to like, there's a world out here where this is not the case. And Mm -hmm. you are so Mm -hmm. privileged and so blessed to be where you're at. And I think that helps put money into perspective at that point. Because it's like, oh, money doesn't just grow on trees. You know, it really is something Mm -hmm. that, you know, mom and dad had to work really hard for this because I'm seeing that there are other families that are struggling. And um, especially in the circles and especially in Atlanta, because Atlanta's hard because it's a lot of like private schools. And so you get into like your own little bubble. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that because then kids are sheltered and all of that, but also just giving them another dynamic. And so I think that's a great idea to have ours. All that to say. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I I push back on the sheltered part. I mean, from some things, yes. Mm -hmm. From, from gang shootings, probably. probably, But, but yeah, but even in private schools, you know, we struggle with, because with that privilege comes other, other issues. No, definitely. We have parents at our school that willingly serve kid, underage kids alcohol as long as mm-hmm. they drink it in their house and don't drive anywhere. I'm like, what is wrong with you people? <laughs> you know? So we, we fight, we fight other, definitely. other things. No, um, definitely not, not just, uh, uh, I don't think anybody's going to die, but you know, it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Different issues. <laughs> don't get me course. started. That's a whole different, that's a whole yeah. different podcast. I, I, I still maintain that the best teachers are in public schools. Um, but in the worst, some of the worst environments, mm-hmm. but I, I will say this because I live in the city of, of Marietta and you are in the city of Atlanta, uh, Missy. So, you know, our public school choices are very different than people who are <laughs> living in Cherokee County or mm-hmm. even East Cobb where the public schools are almost like private schools. Mm-hmm, <laughs> so, so it's all about where you live. Yeah. Um, not, you know, mm-hmm. to, for me to make that statement, you have to understand where I'm coming from in my situation, mm-hmm. Missy situation. Yeah. Uh, where if I live further north, we probably wouldn't need that be in a private school. Yeah, so, true. Um, let's talk about college and career planning as they get older. <laughs> that's that's tough. Um, you know, I mean, man, for my oldest, I don't I don't know that he'll be a PGA golfer if, he, if he's gonna kick it into high gear. This is his opportunity, so he's gonna have the opportunity to do that. Um. Uh, but he's he's a good people person. He's a good networker. Not too worried about him. I think mm-hmm. he'll turn out just fine. It's painful to be watch. Mm-hmm. You know, he's comes from school hard knocks like his dad, so it'll be painful <laughs> to watch uh, a few little, few little uh, mistakes probably here and there. But, um, but yeah, I mean, how do you? I mean, when kids are really little, they want to be. They want to play baseball. They they want to be golfers. They want to be in the NFL or pro basketball, you know, or now I guess it's uh, for real, for kids like my 12 year old, you know, I want to be a, I want to be YouTube famous or. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't, I but mean, that, I that's just tough. They I, I start my, my figuring thing is, it out. Yeah, my thing is like, let them dream. Yeah. Let them think that uh-huh. there are no limits. Mm-hmm. And as they get older, they might go, <laughs> okay, well maybe being an astronaut is not what I exactly <laughs> wanted to be, but you know, And I think once they get to the college level, they start to kind of find their way. Like my oldest is a junior now, and he knew going into college, he wanted to do something in the business realm, but he didn't know what. So he started off as a double major in finance and business analytics. But then as he went through it, he realized, oh, well, you know, I could get my master's in business analytics in four years. And so he 
changed paths and dropped yeah. the double major and realized, okay, mm-hmm. I'm just going to get my master's in four years and be done. And then maybe I'll go back and get my MBA later at some point. But hey, I could get my master's and be yeah. done with it right. much faster. And so I'll do that. And so that's what he's doing. So, but he came to that on his own realization, mm-hmm. you know, just working with his advisor and, you yeah. know, we stayed yeah. out of it. Mm-hmm. He figured it out. And I see, obviously he figured out he liked the subject matter at hand. I guess so. Even so though that. I don't know what he does, or <laughs> what he'll do, he'll figure right. that out. Yeah. I, I just, um, they, they will figure it out. You just have to, um, I, I just don't want them to think that there's any limitations. Right. Yeah, that's just it. It's fine to change your mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But let's not drag out college for eight years while you figure out your mind. <laughs> and it's also yeah. like so important to understand like if it's a good investment for whatever yes. like oh, that's profession what you're going yeah. into. Like yeah. you don't need to be going to an $80,000 a year school to go and do a job where you're going to average, you know, $60,000 a year. You don't need good to do you don't need to go to Duke if you're going to be a, a minister. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. They have a great divinity school. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, yeah, but, but is it worth yes. uh, one hundred fifty thousand no. dollars in mm-hmm. debt? <laughs> and that's where you have to look at like the ROI of like, mm-hmm. could you not get the exact same education? Maybe not exact because the professors are going to be different, but at least at the end of the day, it matters about the paper, and it does mm-hmm. matter that you have a great education. Yeah. But really, like looking at the overarching view of like, okay, can you get a finance degree, you at know, Georgia, at Georgia, on, on the hope or mm-hmm. Zell, or do you need to go to USC and UCLA? Like, yeah. do you really need yeah. that experience? So yeah. I think it's weighing out those options and really figuring out, cause there are times where it's, you know, more beneficial to go to a more expensive school and you've gotten a lot of scholarship and it's a great community and it's going to yeah. build you holistically. And there are arguments for that, but also, weighing out the, you know, 40, 50 grand a year versus the 10 grand a year. Sometimes, and- sometimes I wonder about, uh, even physicians, you know, we've, mm-hmm. we've met with several recently that are carrying over a half million dollars mm-hmm. in debt and you're just kind of like, wow, could you have done that? Could you have done that cheaper? There had to have been a way mm-hmm. to do that cheaper. Can they though? I don't know. I, I don't mm-hmm. know, but I, I just half a million dollars. Yeah. It's hard. And mm-hmm. a general practitioner is making like $150,000 a year. Yeah. I just doesn't, to me, that the ROI on that, because it costs $150,000 a year to live right now. So I can't. Well, and that's where I think you're getting all of the education reform and all of that, where they're like, you need to start, you know, giving when the tuition is set for a business major, an art major, those need to coincide with what What? they're actually going to be making in the future. That's the whole thing. They should start charging uh, different levels of tuition based on the major. So Mm -hmm. if you go to school and and you're an art major- then maybe you're paying, I think art major, I mean, it could be different. SCAD has so many yes. different levels. So maybe that's a bad example, but l- let's say history major. Cause mm-hmm. I've always wondered what you did with that. <laughs> a, a history major is something that I feel like that you have to go, then go get your master's and you're going to go teach, or you could be, maybe you could be history undergrad and then go into law. That's what a lot of people do. If that, you that don't have a, a true possibility. law program mm-hmm. or yeah. poli sci. Mm-hmm. Um, but re- if you just left undergrad with a history degree, Mm-hmm. I just don't, I don't know what you're going to do. And, and and so my, my, uh, or the concept here is that that degree would be less than maybe a finance degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You pay more for the finance degree because the ROI on that is going to be, should be higher sure. if you stick to the mm-hmm. goal. But that's, that's being uh, kind of modeled and, and talked about 
Um, even some of these smaller mm-hmm. schools, um, maybe we should charge more for for, mm. for different programs. Because uh, what what we see, you know, I think everybody knows I'm, I'm on the board of visitors at Barry, not not the trustees, the big board, but the the um, the board that they say thanks, but no thanks, but we'll put you on this board. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the um, uh, what we see is is in the school itself. So you have these different deans of different departments, and you have the resources kind of being equally handed out. And really the business school should be getting most of the resources because they're the school that where the ROI on alumni yeah, mm-hmm. and people giving back. back. When mm-hmm. you look at the donors, I don't see too many ag majors there. I don't see too many <laughs> education majors there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So maybe we should be charging more for, for one set and mm-hmm. then a little less for, for other sets. So that that's mm-hmm. an idea that's being pushed around um, at a lot of different schools. Um, my, my thing is students and sometimes parents don't understand the ROI on a college degree. They just need to go mm-hmm. get to go to college. And at Barry, we have a lot of first generation um, mm-hmm. college students. Huh. And what's interesting to me now, uh, Barry has a huge endowment. They're very generous with that endowment. So the, the, what people are paying is a lot less than what mm-hmm. the sticker price is. Um, the last I checked, it was $29,000 a year average tuition, but I think uh, the sticker price is over 60. Wow. So th- there's a lot of, um, That's really nice. there's a lot of give. There. Yeah. So uh, what's, <laughs> what's interesting though, is, is the fact, oop, hitting your computer there, uh, which was the fact that, um, it, when people go to take out loans you're, of all the disclosures that are in the student loans, none of it says, this is what you are expected to make when you graduate. That's so mm-hmm. disappointing. Yeah. And there was a website. It's not there anymore, but there was a website where someone was trying to do that. They were saying this degree, this college, this mm-hmm. is the region you'll probably live in. Mm-hmm. This is what you'll probably be mm-hmm. making. Wow. So it's taking all the polls we see on what people get paid as professionals is integrating that into cost mm-hmm. and say, this is what you should get on the other side. That should be the top piece of paper before you sign for for a student loan. Yeah. Yes. Because mm-hmm. we, we've all met people with $150,000 yeah. student loans from some school we never heard mm-hmm. of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> right? Well, and a lot of schools actually will do that for their college seniors after they've graduated. Yeah, but it's too late. Yes, but they'll post it online is what I'm saying. Oh, what they're so, making. Yes, like what okay. their average graduate yeah. from this major, yep. you know, at this year was, you know, 55000 But But if but that should be before you sign for the no, student definitely. loan. definitely. Right, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that oh, that's how you that's how you solve that problem. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of you know, there's a lot of interest in that. The schools have no incentive to do that whatsoever. No, no, they just they want, they want you, you to, to keep paying them money. Bottoms and seats, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, but that 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 does kind of fall that does fall into um, you know budget. What's the point of teaching your kids about being responsible? And then, mm-hmm. and then they blow it out and they blow it out. And now they're stuck with, with a $1,500 a month student loan mm-hmm. payment. And they're making $2,500 a month the first year they're employed mm-hmm. or $3,500 a month net. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They start right. off in the hole and right. it just, yeah, yeah. sets yeah. them back. You know, someone asked me recently, is it better for me to go to Barry college or KSU? I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of KSU. I, I just, we've interviewed a lot of people there. I've, I've not, I've not, we we had maybe one or two um, that I thought were rock stars, but I think Barry's a better education. But a 
a education at KSU where there's no debt mm-hmm. is way better than a Barry College education with debt. With debt, yeah. Exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. So I, you, know, you have to think about these things uh, in the end. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, uh, all right, guys. Uh, we've got, oh, um, speaking of college savings, we have a great episode, uh, 158. Uh, this is episode 210. Uh, episode one fifty or 168, uh, everything you need to know about 529 plans. Um, we also uh, had a video here recently on the YouTube channel. Georgia will now mandate personal finance education in schools. I think that rolls out next year uh, or at the tail end of this year. Uh, that was a Governor Kemp initiative. And we have some bl- uh, great blogs that we've also linked in our show notes that, uh, to learn more about teaching your kids about money. Uh, thanks, guys, for the conversation. Um, and thank you for listening to today's episode. If you're interested in learning more about Wiser Wealth Management or want to schedule a consultation, meet one of our fiduciary financial advisors, you can do so by going to wiserinvestor.com. Click on the Schedule Now button to get on our calendar. We'll see you next week. Thank you. Thanks for listening to a Wiser Retirement Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Make sure to subscribe wherever you're listening. That way you don't miss any new episodes. We'd also appreciate if you could leave a rating and review. If you have any questions about anything that was discussed today, head to wiserinvestor.com and reach out. This episode was produced by Edward Resendez. This podcast is strictly for informational purposes only and is not to be considered as investment advice or solicitation to buy or sell any financial products, securities, digital assets, or any other investment vehicles or a basis to make any financial decisions. Wiser Wealth Management Incorporated is a registered investment advisor with SEC. The host and or guest may personally own securities, digital assets, or other investment vehicles mentioned on this podcast. Neither the host nor guest of the show are compensated for their participation and no referral fees are paid to or received by any host or guest for clients, listeners, or similar interests. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor, tax professional, insurance professional, and or legal professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.